Hi, I'm Alexa. And I'm Isabel, and you're listening to the Alumni Insights Podcast. This is our series dedicated to helping community college students navigate the transfer process and receive valuable career insights from Irvine Valley College alumni. Today, we have a very special episode where the coveted guests are... Us! We're both finishing up our last semesters at Irvine Valley College, and we just received exciting news from the UC Admissions Board. Today, we'll be having a candid conversation on the UC application process, the stress of waiting months for a decision, and the emotional roller coaster that comes with college acceptances and rejections that you face within the span of a month. And with that said, let's jump right into it. All right. Well, I think the first thing we need to talk about is how we got to community college in the first place. Right. I I really think it's important to hear people's stories coming out of high school and why they chose community college. So I'd love to hear a little bit about you and kind of the student you were in high school and why you decided to go that route. Okay. So I grew up, I was born and raised in Irvine and the always the main topic when you go to school and it stems from even elementary school there was just the conversation of colleges college applications and where you want to go and there was always that pressure to get into the top schools around the country or maybe even internationally so in high school that pressure was definitely heightened and i was a good student i i did my work i was always on time to class i turned in my assignments on time for the most part and maintained um I'd say an average GPA but in no way was I super competitive I wasn't striving to be ASB president I wasn't captain of like all the sports teams I was kind of just going through high school and but I did notice that there was just around junior and senior year it was really um pressuring when the college applications came around and um I kind of lost my motivation around that time just because I realized that or I was comparing myself to all the top students and I was like, I'm nowhere near there. I'm not going to be getting into Berkeley, Stanford, UCLA, UCI. Mm -hmm. Like, and I I don't know, I guess at the back end of high school, I kind of lost my academic motivation where I wasn't striving to be a 4.0 student. I was just kind of getting through it. And so when college applications came around, I was kind of discouraged. I sent them in to, I didn't even bother applying to Berkeley, I don't think. I still applied for UCs, even <laughs> though I didn't really have a good chance. But I knew that I was, I knew like in, on the inside, I am very motivated. I'm, I'm very um, hardworking and I could definitely strive at those schools. But it was just at the time, like my my past two years of high school didn't really reflect who I truly was as a student. And so I got into the Cal States (laughs) and I was really considering Fullerton, which is a great school. And we'll dive into that later on. I think Cal State Fullerton has a great program and everything, but I knew that I wanted more. I like, I knew that I didn't want to spend my four years at a Cal State and I didn't want to make that decision right there. I wanted to see what else was out there for me. Like, can I make it to a four-year university like UCI or Berkeley? Or I don't know, maybe something bigger. And so I decided to go to Irvine Valley College, pursue community college, and see where I could transfer to. Because 
I just didn't want that to be my story. Like I didn't want to just go with the flow. I really wanted to like achieve my goals uh, academically. Yeah. So that's how I got to IBC. How about yeah. you? I know Alexa, <laughs> your story is like you've been around the world. So, well, okay. So, I mean, for me, it was a little bit different, of course, because I moved back uh, in ninth grade. So my entire high school experience was in Ukraine. Um, so definitely, you know, I I didn't have that same experience of oh, here's this whole college extravaganza, right? With like posting photos on your Instagram of, I got into this school. There really wasn't that much of that. Um, just because class sizes in Ukraine are very different, just the culture itself is different. So mm -hmm. there really isn't this buzz around college names, right? Like, oh, I'm going to Berkeley. Oh, I'm going to UCI. There really isn't much of that. You're not getting like merch or sweaters, right? With uh, the college's name on it. So for me, it was really something that was pretty natural because both of my parents went to college and I felt like that was just something that was an expectation. It didn't necessarily pressure me in any way, but I kind of put that pressure on myself from the beginning. So I always was a really competitive student. I think it's just kind of in my nature and I always wanted to be the top of the class. You know, I came in not remembering Ukrainian in ninth grade because at that point I hadn't been in Ukraine for five years and I kind of challenged myself to just learn Ukrainian and be the best at that language among my peers mm -hmm. so I came out and we had college entrance exams as well so I came out with really high scores and I felt really good about them considering I didn't prepare that well um, and I was like okay you know what I can get into the top Ukrainian university I should just go for it and at the same time I applied to UCI too because I knew that it was right where, by where my mom lived. It was a place I knew really well. I went to middle school and elementary school in, in Irvine. So I thought, okay, I'll apply to UC Irvine and I'll apply to just one Ukrainian university. So those were my two options. Uh, I don't know why I didn't like diversify my portfolio, right? Like number one rule in finance. But I just ended up going with those two schools. And I got... Uh, an acceptance letter from UCI, but it was as an out-of-state student. So just financially, I would not be able to handle that. Those fees are insane. So I ended up going to my Ukrainian university, and yeah, I would not recommend <laughs> going to a <laughs> university in Ukraine um, because it was it was kind of insane. It's just bribery was rampant. Uh, yeah. I mean, I always talk about this example of people bringing like vodka bottles and like all the stereotypes you can associate oh. with like Eastern Europe, but uh, bringing in whiskey bottles, bringing in cake, and just all this random paraphernalia wow. into <laughs> European version of our college admission scandal. Except rather oh, yeah. than hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's like the top. Um, selling vodka or oh, what yeah. like premium vodka exactly it's such a hot commodity for our college professors I and, love that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it seemed to really pay off I mean students who were doing that or were just straight up bribing and like passing down 200 grievances which is really not that much but hey uh, under the table to their professors they were the ones who were getting A's and I just I didn't have that kind of money to spend uh, I was on a stipend or like a scholarship, so they were mm -hmm. paying me to study there pretty much. And I just, I couldn't really be in that system because it just, everything felt very subjective. 
and I really didn't feel like I was learning anything. So I went in as an international economic relations student. And like ultimately, as we see now, right, I'm doing business, you're doing business. It's really not that far off from what I was studying. It's mm-hmm. just the way that the content was conveyed, I guess, and all of the built-in just corrupt practices of the system. It just made yeah. it impossible for me to succeed without paying copious amounts of money right. to this system. So. After that, I was like, okay, what do I do next? And thankfully, I took a German class because it was, quote unquote, international economic relations. So the international part just meant you have to study a foreign language five days a week. So Mm -hmm. I chose German. Uh, The only other option was English. And I think you can understand why (laughs) that wasn't the option I went with. (laughs) I mean, you really have to know where you're going with that major. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't it's know. over the place, you all over the really place. Like reading, writing, and it's just—I uh, don't know—it's a particular major for particular people, I think. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you know I really enjoyed learning new languages. I at that point knew I think either three or four, so I was like, okay, let's tack on German, and uh, it felt really great because it felt like a combination of both English and Ukrainian in a way, and Russian. Um, just because of the history and just the cultural roots of the language. I'm not going to make this a linguistics lesson for everyone. But ultimately, I really picked up German and I thought, okay, the next step is to get into the German higher education system. So I actually ended up studying for a semester in Berlin at uh, Freie University. I don't think anyone will hear of it, but it's mm. it's a pretty reputable university in Berlin. Okay. Um, and I studied English linguistics. Yeah, what a cop out, (laughs) considering it meant I have to learn very little German. So, and the program was mainly in English, except for a couple German, like, culture classes. So I felt very, very at home uh, in Berlin. I was studying with a bunch of international students who also chose the cop out route of studying English. Um, But ultimately, I didn't really want to be a linguistics major. So the nice part about the program was you get, well, it's not like you get to, you have to, it's part of the curriculum. You have to do a semester abroad in a North American country. And I knew my mom was living in Irvine. I was like, sure, let's just do in Irvine. It'll be cheap for me. Sounds great. Go over there. Uh, Ended up taking some classes. Actually, I ended up teaching Russian at UCI for a little while. That was interesting. Wow, that's really cool. But yeah, and I ended up taking Saddleback classes. And so I was commuting for like three and a half hours to Saddleback. Oh or my two goodness. and a half, two and a half, three and a half, depended on traffic, depended on just like how incompetent the bus system would be that day. Um, and yeah, it ended up just kind of working out where I really en- enjoyed my community college classes. And ultimately, I ended up going to IVC just because it was closer. But yeah, that's kind of how I ended up in the same boat as you. With well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, definitely very uh, vastly different stories from different geographic locations too. But I think to sum it all up, like my for me, it's I knew that my high school performance and my final transcripts from high school and my applications that I sent in as a junior and or was I a senior? As a senior or junior in high school, those were not reflective of who I was as a student at all. And oh, yeah. I didn't want to base my future, my the next four or so years off of that. 
And that's why I, you know, it kind of gave myself another shot or Mm -hmm. kind of, if you're looking at a pathway, straight pathway, I took the fork in the road and I, I didn't know where it was going to take me, but I didn't want to go down the, the basic option, I guess, to put it that way. And yeah, yeah. and yeah, and it was, it, that's a hard decision. And I felt like go, to, going to IBC, it feels like a cop out to me or at the time mm-hmm. I was like, it, that was just how it was conveyed to me and my, my parents and my uh, classmates, no one ever spoke really highly of <sighs> taking the community college route. So I was really unsure about it, but mm-hmm. it was like, uh, I took a chance and rather than going to committing to Fullerton, I was just like, let's see where this goes. Like, I know where I'm going to end up if I go to Fullerton, but you know, I might rewrite my story for myself by taking the community college route. And that's kind of yeah. what I wanted. And also at the time I didn't really think about what I wanted to study in college. So when I was a junior and senior in high school, I was fo- focused on biology and going pre-med but I, I don't know why I didn't like honestly don't know why I was considering that like I didn't really have a good reason other than the fact that uh I watched Grey's Anatomy and thought that was cool like seriously I, oh my gosh. I really didn't know what I was interested in um until I took my first econ class in my first business class uh my senior year I was like wait this is really, this is actually really interesting. I really want to know more about this. I had a project in my econ mm-hmm. class where we had to study a business, a public business in California, and we had to report um, on their finances. I didn't know anything. I didn't know any financial language at the time. I was financially illiterate. And so I really don't know what my project entailed. But it was really cool. So what we did was I had a group in my econ class and one of my team members in the group had a connection at Disneyland uh, in Anaheim. Oh, wow. And she knew someone that worked at the headquarters. And he's, I'm pretty sure he was the manager of finance at, for the Disneyland headquarters, which that's a huge position. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. And so we were able to reach out to him and he was able to give us a tour and talk about the corporate structure of the, of Disneyland and specifically that location in Anaheim and their headquarters and how they work. And mm-hmm. uh, in that tour, I was like, I was so taken away at how everything was structured, how that business ran, how they managed their finances and like made projections about the future and like it was just all interesting to me at the time but still if I were to commit to Fullerton then I I would have gone into bio and I kind of I would have been pursuing something that I didn't feel emotional towards and I wasn't passionate about I guess so Mm -hmm. yeah that's huge that played into the into me going to IBCs because I don't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to commit to something that I wasn't sure about. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I can completely attest to what you're saying. I mean, I think we've all kind of flirted with the pre-med route. I feel like everyone right. I talk to, right? They're like, oh, I, at one point I wanted to do bio and pre-med. Um, 
Yeah. And I mean, I come from a family where my mom's entire side, it's just all doctors. So there was definitely that pressure of having to go to medical school and do all of that. And for me, a lot of what actually turned me off was the fact that my mom was trying to get her medical license in the U.S. And that's actually what led to me coming back to Ukraine was because she just financially couldn't support me anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. And she was like, I need to take my exams. I need to buckle down. I really need you to go and live with your dad or, you know, your grandpa. And I just need to kind of be on my own. And ultimately, she didn't end up passing those exams. So it was she was here for 10 years. Right. And I think for four years I was gone in in Ukraine. But even then she wasn't able to do it. And it ultimately became a really huge time sink. Right. A really huge chunk of her career gone toward that. And I'm sure she learned a lot along the way. And, you know, now she's kind of trying to recalibrate. But Mm -hmm. I just really didn't want that kind of, you know, also instability because ultimately she wasn't able to support me. For me, it's really important that when I have a family, I can support them. Right. And so that kind of stability is something I really looked for. And I knew that, okay, there are going to be so many obstacles and also a lot of financial sinks. So medical school is a huge financial drain for you, you know, and unless, of course, the expectation is it will be, be, it will pay off in the long run, one would expect. But if let's say something happens with your residency, or it's just ultra competitive that year, and you can't move on to that next stage, whether it be medical school, whether it be like, again, getting applied practice, whatever it may be, there are just so many roadblocks to you starting out in that field, that I just I thought, okay, I need a degree where after I get that degree, I'm employable, right? And with a bio degree, if you're going into, you know, that medical path, you're not employable after a bachelor's degree. You have way more steps ahead of you, Yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and so then, I think that was a huge thing, yeah. Definitely, and, like, I think, um, so this kind of, like, segues into our next topic is, like, well, we're all, we've already spoken a little bit about it, of why we chose community college. And so we touched on that and how we got to community college. And now after, so we've spent almost, you know, we're just approaching two years at Irvine Valley College. And uh, we've kind of had a lot to learn. And we did. We learned so much just speaking to you throughout like these past few months. We've Mm -hmm. talked about how our journeys have like allowed us to blossom as business majors. So let's talk about what we gain from the community college experience. And I'm going to kick it off with, um, I mean, so I want to kick it off with talking about the stigma because I think that plays a huge role into what we gained. So the stigma in for about community college, and I know this well from coming from Irvine, um, like just the Irvine education system they stress for your universities they don't they just skip over Irvine Valley College really it, it's not mm-hmm. even part of the conversation I remember when I sat down uh junior year at, at Woodbridge High School where I went every student had to sit down with a counselor and go over um colleges or like our options basically mm-hmm. and I don't remember them talking about community college at all. And if they did talk about it, I obviously wasn't paying attention because we were just uh, kind of taught not to care about that option, just to overlook it. It's like second best. And so it was 
they kind of threw out the UCs, the private schools, and then a fallback is Cal State's. But it never was community college seen as an option just because it's kind of, and for that reason, if you go to community college, it looks like you failed or that that was the perception that high school students had and they currently yeah. still have that perception of community college. Oh, it's yeah. Like, Ooh, she goes to IVC. That's amazing. It never, never is that the reaction. And it's because and I get that. And I mean, I wasn't striving to go to uh, Irvine Valley College. I was striving to go to UCLA and get that UCLA experience living in the dorms at such an extravagant, lively school and mm-hmm. having that prestigious title of being a UCLA Bruin. Um, yeah. And yeah. we kind of like community college students miss out on that opportunity and they're not a part of that scene at all. But what that gives us is a lot of time. Like instead of focusing on, um, you know, the aspects of, you know, the, the college party, the social life, the parties, the, the events, all of that, the football games, everything that's associated with a four-year university, we miss out on. But it gives us a lot of time to focus on things that are a little bit more realistic. It sucks that we miss out on those things because that's kind of, it, it, sh- it creates a lot of memories, those four-year university memories that you'll keep forever, you know, those college fun times. We didn't have that. And we had to look at our plan, our major. What are we doing? How do we get mm-hmm. out of here? How do we transfer? And um, it gives us a lot of time to also reflect on ourselves. What do we want for ourselves in the future? Why, why are we in Irvine Valley College and how can we use the resources here to our, our advantage? That is what we gain. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. Go I ahead. Mean, yeah, sorry. I just really wanted to pipe in because I think it's so important for people to hear. I mean, I'm sure that the majority of our listeners are going to be community college students. But I think even if you look, I mean, if you even asked me like two months ago, right? Whenever someone asks, oh, which college do you go to, right? And for example, my boyfriend goes to UCI, right? My friends go to UCSD. Whenever that question gets brought up, right? I always want to somehow justify what I'm doing, right? So I'll say, oh, I go to IVC, but I'm planning to transfer within a couple months, right? Like I always try and show you them going for something bigger. Say, but you have to tell, like, somehow convince people that you're not you know that IVC doesn't define you like that you have you know you have to compensate kind of right and that's I mean that's been built up in the media right it also just teachers I'm sure the things they've been telling their high school students it's always oh go for the gold go for these top tier UCs or even out of states but nobody Mm -hmm. talks about community college I mean I remember myself when I was about to graduate high school I, I don't think community college was even brought up. Granted, it's not a thing in Ukraine. But when I was thinking about going to UCI, right, my mom never, ever brought up the possibility of community college. And I don't think I even really knew about it until coming here. But the process itself, I mean, I remember just resisting with all my might. I was like, I'm going to take acting classes. I'll do something else. I just really don't want to go to community college <laughs> and, you know, put my head down and... It's unfortunate, but so many movies out there even, right, show this, like, slacker, this, like, stereotypical person who is just kind of um, very, like, flatlined, doesn't have much going on up there, Mm -hmm. right? 
and they're at quote unquote junior college or community college. And like that's that's a valid reality because there is no there is no admissions process for community college, right? There is no threshold. You can take classes with any kind of academic background or without having had any yeah. academic background. So I think because of that, yes, there are going to be a lot of very diverse groups of ca- on campus. But if you can find a group of people who are very like-minded, right? I think through clubs and also through the honors program, you're able to find people who are really focused on transferring, have the same career goals as you, right? And as long as you find that community, it gets a lot easier to push through that stigma. But if you find those communities and you're just doing it all on your own, it Mm -hmm. can get daunting really quick, right? Mm -hmm. And I think like your own self-perception just kind of shrivels up um, just because you also see your peers and a lot of your peers are not going to care. They're going to be like the people who failed high school, right? There's going to be a lot of those in your classes. You just have to weed them out and like find the people who are just like you, right? And that takes time. So yeah, definitely. I I feel that I recommend you know, and for all of you guys who are listening, and if you're going to community college, it is going to be hard to like see your peers and their social media posts about um, their four year universities because you're going to have FOMO. You're missing out. And you're going to feel like you're behind and that you're lonely because you're not in that scene. And I just, what I recommend is that you focus on yourself. Like, don't let all of that out outside noise discourage you. And you should be, it's great. If you get into a four-year university and the one you want right off the bat, that's amazing. Like, th- there's absolutely no problem with mm-hmm. that. Like, that is something to be very, very proud of. But also, you should also be proud of choosing to go to community college, just as proud as you would be if you were going to a four-year university. And they're different environments, and you kind of have to accept that. And and you can't just dwell on other people's lives. You can't be like, oh, my gosh, they're doing this. They're going here. They're going to this football game. Like, you kind of have to – what I did, and this is just very – I don't know. I'm – I'm a very tough love kind of person. I was like, tough. You, you're not there. And you kind of have to accept mm-hmm. it. And be like, I have a community. You have a community there, community college. You have, there's people that go to your school, even though it's not the same events. It's not the same mm-hmm. hype. You can create something out of it. And I think we did that very well. We're like, we were able to find, even in the midst of this pandemic, I think we were able to find a good community of people and like share really good experiences and make really amazing memories despite not being on a four-year university campus. Yeah. And I think one thing that we haven't mentioned yet is the financial aspect, right? And the thing is, for us, for example, we were talking about how it takes time to find a community. Like for me, in my first year, I was just taking classes. I think I just started out dabbling a little bit in ASIVC and kind of trying to find something that I could 
kind of adhere to, whether it be the green team or ASIBC. Yeah. But I really didn't find my lane until well into my second year, right? I also, same thing with my major. I was a communications major, then I switched into econ, That just because I, I knew I still, I mean, I have strong math skills, and I just didn't want them to go to waste. Uh, and I wanted something technical, right? Like some kind of applied skill set that I can apply once I'm out of the four-year program. So I kind of pivoted into econ, but it wasn't until my accounting class, which I took, I think it was last spring, until I took that class, I didn't even know I wanted to do accounting or finance or business at all. And only then I switched into business administration in my second year. But the luxury of community college is that I didn't have to do that while wasting tons of money having to take extra classes right, having to completely shift my schedule. And on top of that, commuting was really easy, right? It was right nearby. So it's not like I'm moving out to a completely new place, paying for dorms, you know, it was right nearby. It's a local college. And I think the fact that I was living at home, which again, for some students, they they really pride themselves on getting out and being in that college environment. Definitely. Yeah. But you still get those two years and you're still going to get to do that. And Honestly, if I were at a four-year, I would not value my experience as much because I knew I had so much time, right? And I think that's where a lot of freshmen or college freshmen kind of have their downfall is the fact that they think, I have four years ahead of me. I can just stick to classes, put my head down, do all of that. Whereas when we come in in our junior year, right, we may not know all the details of the, you know, the recruitment cycle, all of the kind of professional aspects, how to navigate the club and the social scene, because this is a new environment when we come into our junior year. Uh But we already know that we have very little time. So we come in and we try everything. We just start exploring, you know? Yeah, definitely. And also, like, we, um, something that we've done recently, um, and before prior to applications even is that we sat down and made a plan for like when like the moment we transfer the moment that we are enrolled in the university we transfer to we know every course we're going to take and we know the timeline we have from that junior to senior year of undergrad and yeah that is something that a lot of other students can't say for themselves like they they kind of just take it day by day um, where we can't, we have, we have it mapped out. We literally have an academic map. That is what it's called yeah. in our, in our, um, our, whatever, our student portal at Irvine Valley College. We have a map of what every class we're taking currently, and we have a picture of where we're going to be in two years. And yeah. I mean, that's so valuable because you're saving yourself a lot of stress and a lot of time that you're going to be spending later on that you know you're focusing on that you're getting that out of the way now getting all of that planning done while you're a uh, first or second year student and so moving forward you don't have to worry about that planning part you just have to worry about executing the plan and definitely and then then on you can take on extra things as well because you have so much time that you saved for yourself and that's right. that's something yeah. that is extremely valuable and that I'm excited I I'm glad that I don't have to sit down for another, uh, I don't know, like five, six hours and plan out the rest of my undergrad journey because I, ha- I already have an idea. Like, I've done that. 
Mm -hmm. We were forced to do that. Yeah. And we were forced Mm -hmm. to do research too. And I think this kind of um, will segue into our next topic, which is, you know, how do we choose the campuses that we did when it came to applications, right? And I think the beauty of community college is you get those two years to explore schools even more, right? When you're a freshman or when you're, let's say, a high school senior or junior, you have this very starry-eyed idea of what college is. And you just think, okay, if they're higher in the rankings, that means they're better. But the reality of it is, and we'll definitely talk about this, um, is that's not always the case. Or maybe the criteria that they're evaluating the school on is not really something that's important to you, right? But we can't really comprehend that when we're in high school. But I think when we come into college, we're very cynical. I can tell you personally, I am very cynical. We learned quickly that the name of the school that you go to it's not that doesn't determine anything like oh yeah just because you're a berkeley student or ucl ucla student uci student that doesn't equate to you being successful in life and it could but i just we wherever you go you you have to make the most of it whether it's a cal state whether it's community college or whether it's stanford you are what you make of that situation. And so I think that played into where we're deciding to go to school and where we decided to apply. Uh, mm-hmm. we, have a, we have a professor that we both know very well, and he, he definitely stressed the importance of, that, of college names not, not defining who you are. And, yeah. I mean, it looks great on a piece of paper, but it's all about what you make of it. Like, you can... Anyone can become anything as long as they put their minds to it. And so for that, you can't base uh, the, you know, prestige of a college name. You can't let that factor play into where you decide to go because it could honestly be a horrible fit for you. Just because it's the top school does not mean that you're going to flourish there. Yeah. And I think there are really two kind of if you look at it almost like – you're trying to balance kind of two sides of the scale, right? And one side of the scale can be prestige, how well-known the program is, how employers might look at it, right? That's the, the one side of the scale. But the other side of the scale is, will this program, will the school enable me to shine and stand out? And the problem is, a lot of the time, if you go somewhere like Stanford, let's say, everybody is, quote unquote, a diamond in the rough, right? They're trying to pick out the top of the top. So you're pretty much in the shark tank with a bunch of students who are just as motivated as motivated as you, if not more, right? Already have a lot going for themselves and you're competing with those students. And a lot of the time it means you're either going to be just comparing yourself constantly, right? You're going to be stressed out and you might not have that chance to stand out, even though it's a great program. So you Mm want to find a school that's a good fit, both with its rankings, its program, the classes that you're taking, you want to make sure you're enjoying them, right? And Mm -hmm. I think this will kind of transition us into UCLA in a second here. But you really want to make sure that it also sets you up for success. And usually you're pretty good at knowing your own abilities, right? You're not, you know, like, oh, okay, math is not my strong suit. So if I know that this program has a lot of theoretical math concepts, you're probably not going to want to go there, even if it's Berkeley, right? Even if it's 
UCI, UCLA, because it's ultimately what's the point of transferring to a school or even going to a school in general and then dropping out or doing really poorly, right? Right. It's not going to get you anywhere. I was looking at, or when I was on assist.org, which if you guys don't know, it's it it provides the articulation systems for all of like California's mm-hmm. public colleges. It's very it, useful. It yeah. All, yeah, it's very useful. It lists all the classes that you need to take um, for the schools that you want to transfer to, all the prereqs you need to um, fill out. So I remember looking at some of the school, the top schools that I wanted to apply to and looking at the prerequisites and also the classes that I need to take when I go there. And I, I was seeing a lot of weight on classes that I'm really not interested in or, or mm-hmm. it's just too overwhelming. I could, if I were taking a bunch of advanced calculus classes uh, simultaneously and also a bunch of advanced bio classes or whatever, like I would be miserable. And I don't think that I, I don't think I could succeed having all of the weight of those classes. And so at uh, looking at those programs and in the articulation system, you have to really uh, evaluate that and see if it fits you as a student, if you will be enjoying your time taking all of the classes that need to be taken. And I think that looking when I was looking at some of the schools, I realized like, no, I do not want to be spending hours locked in my dorm or apartment or whatever, going through math formulas and doing that for like two years straight. Ugh, no. Yeah. That's just, oh, yeah would not fit with me and and it doesn't leave a lot of room for me to focus on the career I want to achieve as soon as I graduate Mm -hmm. and that's more that's more important to me now Um, of course you know I want to have a great program I want to be involved in a great educational program and take amazing classes but my main focus from this point until the time I graduate uh, with my bachelor's is I want to solidify a career um, as the second that I graduate, I want to have my plan for, for that time. And, um, that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now. Yeah, definitely. And if you go to a school, right. And you get a really low GPA, even if it has the name, it's going to be very hard to find a job, right? Cause employers, they look at it. That's how they weed out candidates. Exactly. If you want to do grad school after heck, they look at GPA even more, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's you really have, important to weigh that for sure. Yeah, and you have to consider the competition at the mm-hmm. school you're going to. So, I mean, let's use UCLA as an example. Mm-hmm. So, I'm um, when I was talking to one of my professors, he was saying that you know UCLA obviously it's a great school. They have so many resources, but those resources, especially, and I'm speaking on behalf of business slash finance slash accounting students. And um, like those resources that they have at a school like UCLA, you you can either find those resources at maybe UCI or Fullerton, or they already have them there. Like, you know, the same resources that you find at UCLA, you can find at Berkeley and like just a bunch of other yeah. schools. It's not, it's not just specific to UCLA. So, um, I mean, that's what I was, that's kind of a factor that I considered is like, which school has the best resources for me to network I mean you can you can network anywhere mm-hmm. um so in that sense UCLA wasn't I realized okay right so UCLA doesn't have these amazing resources that I think it does 
And also he, my professor was saying that as you were, you know, you were talking about Stanford, when you go there, you're with the best of the best. Same thing with like other prestigious schools is that you have a lot of competition. And if you're the type of person that you, and you believe that you can excel with heavy pressure, heavy competition, and like you're fighting with the top 10% of the class, uh, then by all means go to that school. But that's, that's a lot of work. And so, I mean, I, I did apply to UCLA, but because of their, their business program and because of just that level of competition and getting a job after you graduate, I'm not compelled to go there. And Mm -hmm. we haven't gotten our decision back for UCLA, but it's crazy because in high school, of course, I would say yes to UCLA a hundred percent if they offered me admission. But now I'm like, I don't know. I have to look like I'm not too keen on their program and I don't want to be drowning in their classes. And if I, I would be so pressured if let's say I have a three, nine, a three, eight or a high GPA, that's not yeah. enough at UCLA. You have yeah. to be top of the top. Plus you get screwed by the curve. So that's one thing, you know, we don't yeah. talk about at all at IVC because usually there isn't a curve, but, uh, all of your grades get really distorted when you go to these top UCs because it's all based off of the student's performance, right? So if you don't end up being near the top 5% of the class and you're somewhere near the average, the average usually gets pushed to like even a lower grade than it usually is. So Mm -hmm. you end up having your GPA tank quite a bit from your community college GPA. And that's, you know, that's one thing. And when it comes to UCLA, I mean, let's not beat around the bush. There is no business school at UCLA for undergrads, right? They have the MBA program uh, with Anderson, Right. But there's no, there's really not the same quality of business resources. They have have business economics, but that's not, it's not a business program that, you know. It's it's a glorified econ program with a couple management classes. That's what it is. Yeah. And if that's your thing, go for it. But if you're really trying to build your skills um, as a business student uh, and learning those like really mandatory management skills. I mean, you still like can't offer that. So, yeah, yeah. that I mean, a- yeah, you could definitely figure it out. You could definitely, you know, finesse your way, find the right professors, get into the right companies, right through interviews because the companies do come there. This is a huge recruiting hub, but you're going to be struggling with academics while trying to also go through the internship cycle, and it's just it's going to be very hectic. Yeah. And it's it's something that's really hard to balance. Mm-hmm. Even now, like, um, well, it's not the same level, but we were just, you know, uh, getting through our classes and we're taking a lot of classes right now. And we're, so we have to balance our classes and applying for summer internships. And that, that was stressful within itself. Yeah. And that is going to be heightened. Like if we, you know, put ourselves in an ultra competitive school like UCLA and so definitely those are factors that you need to weigh yeah and I think on top of that when it comes to where do you find these insights right because we're saying oh you got to weigh your options you got to 
weigh yeah. the competitiveness versus the school's reputation, but how do you really find out how competitive a school is? I mean, a couple of things I wrote down was that you really need to network with community college alumni, right? This is why we host this series and we bring them yeah. back because no one can really tell you about a school like someone who just went through the process or is maybe at that school right now. And if they're a transfer student, even better because they can tell you exactly how different it is from IVC, right? Or from any community college. Yeah, you so definitely, that's huge. When, if Especially if you're a transfer student, there's a, a period of adjustment because you're going from a community college to a four-year university and the, the academic climate is very different. I mean, yeah. of, actually, well... I, Irvine Valley College classes are very rigorous, but it's a, it's different when you go to a four-year university because of the volume of the classes mm-hmm. or of the class size. And we have the advantage of, you know, getting a more personalized education. It's, yeah. it's vastly different when you're in a classroom of uh, 300 plus students. You know, mm-hmm. you're not getting the same one-on-one. So there there is an adjustment that needs to take place. So that's where it helps to talk to alumni or just transfer students that are currently at their four university and like asking them like what is it like would you recommend this for me or what are some tips and tricks you have to um, ease that the transition from community college to a four-year university right and I think when it comes to finding those alumni it's just really important for anyone out there who doesn't have a LinkedIn account yet I'm going to find you (laughs) I'm going to make it for you because it's crucial the way you connect with these alumni I mean there's really two ways you could go about it but I feel like LinkedIn is just way more direct and shows initiative but you can always ask your professors for any past students who have gone to the school you're interested in, right? And have them connect you. And then you know, you can do it that way. That's so smart. That's what I did. As I went to one of my professors um, who keeps in touch with his alumni. And I was like, I'm, these are the schools that I'm applying to professor. Mm -hmm. And then for each school, he's like, perfect. I have people. And then I made my connections. And yeah, LinkedIn is a uh, beautiful place to make connections. You can j- literally just what I did for UCI was I looked up uh, UCI business. Boom. I had a bunch of people. You connect with them. You start asking your questions. And and also by doing that and ca- asking those alumni, those uh, IVC alumni or just, you know, U- UC students in general, you're getting their advice at the moment. But also when you transfer, now you know someone there. And you're Definitely. building up your community in the early stages. So that's really, I highly recommend what Alexa is saying that use LinkedIn, use social media, like Instagram, or I don't know, whatever whatever you prefer. Instagram works too. I mean, the beauty of LinkedIn is you can do a filtered search, right? So just as you were talking about, you put in Paul Mirage Business School, Mm -hmm. and then you click on people and you filter and you put in IVC as their past school. And Um, unfortunately, a lot of transfer students hide the fact that they went to community college. But there's also a lot of outstanding alumni who proudly share that. I know that one of our um, alumni, she actually has it in her bio where it talks about her position and this says community college transfer student which is awesome you know um and just like that you connect with them you send a short message saying you went to ivc and 
usually they're going to be very open to talking to you and sharing their experience. Just because I think transfer students, we're kind of, we're the underdogs a lot of the time, right? We're, we're dealing with the stigma for two years. So once we may finally have this big break and we get into this really competitive school, we want to naturally help other transfer students get to where we are and kind of make that pathway a little bit more clear for people. So Yeah, I would say that's huge. But when it comes to just some of our insights on schools, I'm just going to kind of uh, rattle them off one by one and just uh, want you to share your experience, what you've heard, uh, just so we can kind of knock a couple schools out. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be interested in hearing our opinions. So um, I'll start with, uh, let's go with UCLA since we've talked about it so much. Okay, so I mean, I think we touched on it. So they don't, if you're, for me, since I am a business economics major, I applied to UCLA as business econ, but I'm not, I'm not thrilled that they don't have a, a true business program. And in speak, I actually connected with a few UC, or IVC alum who are at UCLA or just UCLA students. Yeah. And I'm like, I just get, tell me how it is. What is it like being at UCLA? And it is hard to like when if you're just deci- if you commit to UCLA immediately you have to start getting through the courses you have to start getting through those classes so that when you're actually attending um UCLA in the fall you have time to also uh navigate the internship recruitment cycle because oh yeah it's you you can't go in there just eh, without having prepared anything beforehand because you're, you're yeah. swamped and that's what I hear from a lot of students that it's a very rough and rocky transition, and that kind of scares me, <laughs> you know, because yeah. you don't want to you don't want to tank the second that you get there and mm-hmm. be overwhelmed. And that's what I hear about UCLA a lot. It is a great school, don't get me wrong. It has a lot of prestige, and they have a very re- well renowned education system as well as amazing resources. First and foremost, you have to succeed academically. And if you can't do that, you can't reap the benefits of the resources that they have there because you won't even have time to look at it. You'll just be focusing on classes. So that's what I Yeah. I mean, the academics has to be a baseline. If you don't have a solid GPA, if you don't have at least some extracurriculars and some like firm, you know, like footing in the school, it's going to be really hard once that internship cycle comes around. And this internship cycle comes around in August, July sometimes. For mm-hmm. a lot of these accounting and finance firms, they recruit super far in advance. So you're still, you haven't even taken your first classes and you already have to start competing with all of these four-year students for these really competitive spots, right? And it just, it just, it can be really o- overwhelming to balance all of it. And a lot of students end up having a really low GPA in their first semester. So then they have to spend a, you know, or even quarter, right? That's another big thing is the quarter system. So you're getting adjusted to this really short time span where your classes take place. You're getting adjusted to the recruitment process. And on top of that, if you end up having a bad GPA, you're taking the next two years to try and repair that, right? Which also takes away from internship and recruiting opportunities. So Um, you really have to kind of go in there and be like, am I prepared for success? And is this school going to set me up for success ultimately, right? That's the big thing. Definitely. And for to wrap up on UCLA, I remember reading... Um, 
an insight essay on from one of the IVC alum, and this was maybe a year ago, and he was saying that at on the first week of school or when you transfer, you have a welcome week where it's fun. You have a lot of activities. Mm -hmm. You get tours. You get to meet students and just get immersed in the UCLA culture. The next week, uh, you snap out of it. You're in reality. You start with your lectures, which you're going to have a lot of classes. So you're going to have a lot of lectures. That's a lot of hours. And then you're also going to, I mean, you have to also get involved in the UCLA community and build your resume. So you have to also apply for clubs, fraternities, sororities, whatever you feel. After the, after you figure that business out, all, all of the extracurriculars you want to be involved in, the next step is you have to do meet the firms or mm-hmm. do an inter- whatever your major is, you have to do an internship cycle because you need to get professional experience. So all of these things are stacked are layered on top of each other and it doesn't leave much breathing room and it's for a school like UCLA that is to be expected because its prestige comes from something and it's because there's a lot that they expect of students to be successful so like I'm saying just because it's UCLA doesn't mean you should jump into it immediately you have to evaluate yourself as a student and what you want your experience to look like. And if that, what I just explained to you, if that process doesn't fit you, if you don't think that you could survive that, which I, I don't know if I could, it's it's extremely mm-hmm. difficult. It, and that's, I'm, that's why I'm choosing, I'm not having that at the top of my list because I don't want to be drowning. <laughs> right. I want to be floating when I, I want to be surviving when I enter school I want it to be a fun experience I I don't want to be just locked in my own personal bubble trying to figure out everything and I'm just gonna forget I'm gonna miss out on what's happening on the outside which is what I care about right and I mean that's what we've been sacrificing for the past two years right is that social aspect so we we want to come in and have a little bit of time left over for it right rather mm-hmm. than just kind of marathoning locking the doors and just focusing on classes right away so I think yeah it's really important to strike that balance I'll just leave this off when it comes to UCLA with a quick stat so a couple years ago I think this was last year 11 students from IVC got into UCLA as business econ majors and the the problem is you get in as a pre-business econ major, which means you have to take two to three classes at UCLA in order to actually be admitted into the major. And if you end up not passing them with a certain GPA, and the GPA threshold is high, believe me, it's like above a 3.5 or a 3.75. Mm-hmm. And if you don't end up meeting that threshold, you have to choose a different major. So a lot of students, you know, they're going into business econ just because it has that word business and they really want some kind of finance or accounting experience Mm -hmm. and then they just get turned away and have to do econ or stats instead and it's a little bit harder to recruit from those majors so out of those 11 students who got in only three got into the major and everybody else right all eight of them had Mm -hmm. to choose a different major and the people in business econ that i've talked to are all ex-business econ majors. So, you know, they may have said, oh, I I actually entered UCLA as a business econ major. But after talking to them, they then clarify and say, oh, actually, I got admitted or I think I transferred as a business econ major, but I was admitted as an econ major because I just couldn't 
those classes are hard. Those are some of the hardest classes that you're going to yeah. take. It's similar and, at UCSB too. Okay. I and also keep in mind that these schools, except for Berkeley, they're under the quarter system. And yeah. if you're coming, if you're transferring from a community college, most community colleges are semester system. And it's a very rough adjustment. The quarter system is brutal. So you have to be ready for those quick midterms, quick finals, and doing it again. And right. like having only like a few days for your, the, to rest and jumping into the next quarter immediately. It's nonstop. Yeah. And I mean, that is what the higher, higher education is like. So you really have to make sure that you're ready for that and that you're going to a school that fits you. So yeah. UCSB, you were saying. Yeah. So with UCSB, right, same thing, quarter system. When it comes to semesters, UC Berkeley has a semester system. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm going to keep repping Fullerton, but Fullerton also has a semester system. So if you feel like you really value having more time to absorb material, which I don't think there's one person in the room who's going to say, no, I don't, you know, um, I think semester is preferred. Uh, but you kind of have to accept that a lot of these schools are going to have the quarter system. It's just kind of how it is. And because of that, you have a lot of time where you're like winding up. Oh, it's midterms. Oh, right after it, it's finals. Then you have a week to come down and then it starts again. So you have to be ready for that. And the only way you can really be ready for that is just exploring the program as much as you can, talking to alumni um, and hearing about their transition and also talking to professors because, yeah. you know, like if you can't connect with a student, the professor has taught hundreds and thousands of students who have gone through them year by year, right? So they retain a lot of that information when they hear back from those students. So talk to your professors. Let's say you, it's important to cast a wide net when you're applying, but when it comes to actually choosing where you want to go, sit down with your professors. Schedule a Zoom call, go into their office hours, and talk about your options, yeah. and just ask for their input. It's really Yeah, important. and if you haven't, you know, really connected with your professor before, and, you know, it may seem kind of strange to sit down and ask your professor for their input about colleges, but they, they have tons of experience with, you know, sending students to four-year universities, and they are very familiar and um, well-read about the transfer process and they have a lot of insight to offer and I learned so much about the transfer process from directly from professors yeah definitely and they definitely. have again and like we mentioned before they also have connections that you can make so I highly recommend you know getting in a zoom meeting with one of your professors and going through your plan mm -hmm. and yeah and really listen to the insights that they have to offer yeah and I'll take it a step further. So let's say you've talked to your professors, you talk to the students, you feel like you have a pretty good idea of what the school itself will entail. But maybe for you and Isabel, we talked about this, right? You're really looking at college as a launching pad for the rest of your career. And that's how we should all be looking at it. So one big thing that you can do is just Google like alumni outlook for different schools. So for UCLA, if you just take a look and you look for either alumni survey or alumni outlook, you'll find a survey conducted where you can see kind of like a pie chart of where all the previous alumni classes have ended up. So that's really useful because if you're going into accounting, 
you can see the breakdown. Oh, okay, 15% were able to get into accounting. That's pretty decent, right? Like, clearly there's quite a heavy presence of UCLA or like UCI alumni in accounting. Oh, I want to do consulting. Okay, let me see how many students have gone on to do that. Clearly, it's, it's obviously not impossible for you to do something else. But it may be nice to go to a school where you already see that it has a proven success record of sending alumni to those industries. So that's just one extra step you can do. I was really impressed when uh, a student who he graduated uh, from IVC last year, he did that. And he sent me those surveys. And I was, I was really surprised at some of the results. You know, UCI was actually really great for consulting. Um, whereas UCLA did well in both consulting and accounting and IB, right? So it was nice to see that breakdown and kind of visualize some of the pathways that you could take. But um, basically, I've gone on for quite a while. So I'm going to ask that we kind of give just very short blurbs about um, the rest of the schools and kind of our impressions. So um, let's go with UCSB since I know, well, okay, I applied to this one, but I actually want to hear why you didn't apply to UCSB. I didn't apply to UCSB because they didn't have a business. Do they have a business program? I don't think they have a business program. They have econ and accounting, but it's not really a business program. Yeah. Yeah, And even their econ and accounting programs, they aren't, um, they aren't the best of the best. And so I, and it's not, I don't want to just focus on econ and accounting. I also want the business and management and entrepreneurship skills. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't offered at UCSB. So I wasn't compelled to go there. And if I gained acceptance, I don't think, I, I I just don't see that that campus really fits me. And Mm -hmm. that plays, it does play a role. Like campus environment plays a huge role. It Um, does. Yeah. So, and I visited UCSB plenty of times. My sister um, is in her last year of undergrad there. And so in going there, it just, I don't think it would fit me. So, and for that reason, I'm out. Like they say in Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a really, that's a really smart and logical way of thinking about it. Uh, the reason I chose it was because earlier in the year I was really looking for accounting internships and UCSB is the only school that has a major that has the word accounting in it. It's the only UC. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a pure accounting program, CSU, uh, I think SLOW has it. CSULB yeah. has an accounting program. CSU Northridge does. Fullerton has a biz Fullerton. admin with like accounting. Yeah. Yeah, so they all have a specific accounting kind of minor or concentration or even a major. But with UCs, they really shy away from calling something accounting. And you're usually going to see something like managerial economics, business economics, Mm -hmm. something like that, right? Um, And it's because they're research institutions and you can't really do much research in accounting. So they usually go with like a more broad label like econ. So the reason why I decided to tag to UCSB was because UCI has business econ and it has business administration, right? So actually, before I even dive into that, I want to kind of give a quick preface. There are only three UCs that have a business school, right? So all of these other ones that we're talking about, they have maybe like a biz econ major, but they don't have an actual business school. So the only three UCs that do have them are UC Berkeley, UCI, and UC Riverside. And UC Riverside's program is kind of ranked lower than the other two, whereas Uh UC Berkeley's program is 
higher. And then UCI's is also quite competitive. So those are the three business schools and every other major or every other major at UCLA, UCSB, UC San Diego, they don't have a business program in and of itself to begin with. So it's only going to be econ with some accounting and managerial classes. And that's the program. You're not going to see a lot of finance or marketing. You're going to kind of have to seek out those classes on your own. But the core of the program is going to be econ with some accounting classes built in. So for Santa Barbara, I was like, I really want an accounting internship. It has accounting in the title. I'll go and tag there because with UCI, right, and this is something that like you've experienced firsthand, Paul Mirage has a business administration major, but there's also a business economics major with the social sciences department. So there's definitely a difference, right? Do you want to delve a little bit into the difference between the two? Okay, well, I mean, the main difference between the two is that one is part of a business program and one is part of a social sciences program. Yeah. So as a, and so I I hope that you all are familiar with the TAG program or system. If not, learn about it because it'll help you. Go to the honors program, yeah, (laughs) and ask them. Yes, and it'll definitely change your life in your applications process. But anyways, I wanted to, I wanted to gain acceptance into UCI and I was very set on it because I, I I grew up in Irvine. I've been around UCI a lot. I've spoken to a lot of faculty there and I, I love their environment, their programs, the resources that they have to offer. And I love how it's close to home for me. And so UCI was one of my target schools. I really wanted to go there. And so I tagged there and mm-hmm. what I my opportunity cost by tagging as an econ student mm-hmm. was that I missed out on getting into their Paul Mirage program. So even though I am a business student, I I was so set on going into a business program and getting um, the reaping the benefits of that recruitment process from being in a business school. However, I since I tagged, my only option was to choose business economics, which is it was fine, but you know, for me, I didn't want to settle for just business economics. So I made some phone calls mm-hmm. and I explained my situation to them. I said, Hey, look, I, I tagged to UCI. Hypothetically, if I get in as a business economics major, how can I get involved in the Paul Mirage scene? How can I become a Paul Mirage student mm-hmm. or an honorary student? Yeah. And and their reply was, you can get involved in the Paul Mirage events into the undergrad business school. If you really, net, if you network well, you make the right connections, you can get into those events and you can be a part of the um, Paul Mirage community. And he's like, you can, so essentially I can have the best of both worlds if I really try for, for it. And that mm-hmm. is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, if. You know, once I commit to wherever I'm going, if it happens to be UCI, which it probably will be, best believe I'm going to be on LinkedIn. I'm going to be networking with alum and asking for all of the um, deets on their their recruitment programs, their events, all of that. So, you know, there's, I, I love their business program there. So I want to Mm -hmm. be involved somehow, but I tagged because I really wanted that uh, security. Mm-hmm. of going to UCI. Yeah. And yeah. ultimately, right, I mean, I think your major really doesn't define 
you at all, right? If you, if anything, it's strategic to take a major that's maybe a little bit less competitive, but still lands you in that same school because those resources of the business school are going to be within reach for you. They're going to be right there, right? When you're in a physical environment, you could just easily sneak into an event, right? Or be invited by someone. So it's, you're going to be right there. You know, uh, you're not making this huge leap. So, and if anything, you know, you can secure your spot with TAG and now you have a guaranteed admission to UCI, which is a school you really wanted to get into. So I think it's a really smart way to go about it. For me, I don't know why I didn't do that. Maybe I should have <laughs> looking back. Um, but for me, I mean, I had a pretty nuanced application. For some of you who may know the story, I have some international transcripts that are less than stellar from that Ukrainian university, just because I was very done with it and my GPA sank quite a bit. Um, and so UCI was kind of a struggle because I was thinking, okay, are they going to consider these international transcripts? Are they going to, or are they going to look at me holistically and see what I've done in my last two years community college? And so because I was kind of grappling with that, I just, I was like, let's just go for what I really want, which is business administration. I won't do tag. I'll do tag to UCSB and we'll just see what comes out of it. Right. And you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about kind of where we ended up and what the different decisions were from these schools. But ultimately, I kind of just took a gamble. Um, and I really talked to UCSB just because I knew it was a good school. It had accounting in the major. And I just thought, why not? You know, I, I want to use the advantages of TAG because, you know, it's so important to at least know you're going to a university. Right. I think that's huge. So. Right. Going to a university in California was good enough for me, and knowing that there would be an accounting program in some way, shape, or form at Santa Barbara was really important. Um, but I think UCI school, from everything I've heard, it's top-notch. The students that go there are really amazing, and a lot of the alumni from IVC choose UCI over UCLA simply because it has a business school, and those resources are there, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful campus right? The faculty is awesome. And it's, it's just a really, really well structured program. Um, mm-hmm. And they've built it out quite a bit. So it's very competitive. But your yeah. recruitment resources are going to be really amazing. Yeah, so. it, it's close to home. And um, yeah, it's cheaper too. another thing that we should talk about is how we're uh, considering finances heavily when we are mm-hmm. evaluating where we get in. Um, and choosing where we want to go. Finances play a huge role in our decisions process. And Definitely. and I can that kind of explains why I'm heavily set on attending UCI is because financially it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I've learned about the importance of evaluating your financial situations as an undergrad student um, from community college. And so I'm carrying on those skills that I've learned and applying it now to my transfer process and UCI makes perfect sense to me as far as like my budget goes and what financially works with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's really important. I mean, I would say before anything, if, if you come from a low income family, if you don't, if you don't know what kind of, you know, financial background you come from either way, always file a FAFSA every year. It's so important if you're a U.S. citizen, I think I think you have to be 
a, I don't think you have to be a resident necessarily for California um, to get like, let's say it's just the aid varies, but you can still apply either way, mm-hmm. but apply for federal aid because the deadlines are usually like, I think it was March 1st this year. So you have to apply for it really early. So basically, as soon as you get your uh, transfer academic update out of the way, right away, make sure you have your FAFSA done. And take all of the schools you applied to that you gave a shot to. And I think you can choose up to seven or nine to file a FAFSA with. So make sure you mark all of those on your FAFSA schools you're looking into because that's how your federal aid will be distributed once you come Mm -hmm. in so everyone talks about like oh I got my tuition fully covered well that's because they submitted a FAFSA it really early on you know in their transfer journey and they were able to get really nice financial aid package so if you have any inkling and you think you know maybe maybe I come from like a lower income family you could get so much aid and I hope you're already taking opportunity at IBC to make use of that aid, right? But it's also really awesome to be going and evaluating these schools and not having the added pressure of like, oh my gosh, I can't even afford the school, even though it's amazing and it's my dream school, right? So make sure you apply for FAFSA. Mm-hmm. Um, and additionally, yeah. you should apply to um, apply for grants or oh, local yeah. scholarships wherever you are. Uh, because the school, you know, if you're going to community college, they have so many grant opportunities and uh, we applied for them around January Mm -hmm. and crossing our fingers for good news on those. But there's so many, there's so a plethora of scholarships. If you scour the internet and uh, you look at undergrad scholarships, there, a lot of people have a lot of money to offer. So you need to take advantage of that. You know, take whatever you can get because it it makes a huge difference. Even the smallest grant can make a huge difference. Uh, yeah. So, oh yeah. Please consider that. And you know, our main goal, or one of our top criteria, is for when we transfer, is that we do not want to accumulate a huge amount of debt. And so, if <laughs> we're and for that reason, like we we really heavily consider the financial situations of going to each school that we apply to and and that's that's I mean for me Alexa and I that's our goal so it, it different varies from person to person what your financial situation is but that's really important to us so we take that into consideration a lot definitely and just to add on also to kind of maybe this is another reason why you should keep your GPA high right if you know just the fact that it's important for recruiting isn't enough you if you have a really high GPA and we're talking like 4.0 3.98 you know like really really high if you focus on having a really consistent GPA um and that's just something that you keep stable throughout your community college career, you can be eligible for a Regents scholarship, which means it's usually awarded to the top, I think it's 1% to 2% of mm-hmm. the applicants to that university, whether it be Berkeley or UCI. I know UCLA does it as well. And if you're in that, you know, cream of the crop GPA-wise, and I think they may evaluate your extracurriculars as well, but it's really all centered around GPA. That region scholarship can pretty much pay for most of your tuition, if not all of it. Yeah, so I don't think you apply for the regions. They, it's right. It's something. Yeah, you don't apply. You don't apply, but you need to have a high GPA in order to even be eligible. So yeah. 
you know, so, that's why at IBC you gotta gotta step your game up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's. I mean, talking about one of the misconceptions that IBC is a walk in the park. It's not. You you have to put in a lot of effort to um to really perform well academically. And another thing is that. I mean, I was surprised at this fact that a lot of the professors there are amazing professors and they offer an educational oh, yeah. experience that you will not find anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Got to hype up IVC again, you know? You got to because, because they really invest in their yeah, students. They, they take do. the time. I really appreciate and I'm going to miss uh, um, the one-on-one personalized education that you get. It's even it's even better, which is weird with the virtual system that we have going on in the online classes, because I mean, we, now we can schedule like one-on-one zoom conferences, or we can go to coffee chats with professors or, um, office hours. It's just a lot more doable with, uh, having the online system. And I mean, um, I just, the, there's a lot to take away from having that one-on-one time with your professor and really get there um expertise on whatever you're asking them they'll and them providing you that uh personalized attention makes all the difference in the world yeah (laughs) definitely it really does no I mean that's huge and I think that's something you also have to think about even when it comes to schools right if you Mm -hmm. gel with professors at that school maybe you have some connections or like with IBC a lot of those professors teach at UCI as well so even having yeah. those professor connections could be a deciding factor of going to that school, you know. Definitely. And um in in on the topic of what factors to consider, that is a huge factor co- to consider. If you really do well and you flourish in the environments that are more personalized and you know in smaller class volumes, then I mean look at the private schools that there are, look at the smaller schools around your area or that you're interested in. For example, near us, we have Chapman, um, which yeah. is a private school. And, uh, you know, they haven't, they, they still have a lot of students that go there. They have high class volumes, but it's not as drastic as it is at the UC schools. So if that's something that's really important to you, um, then look at those smaller schools or those private schools and figure out how it, you can make it work financially or how you can get in with their articulation system because it's a little bit different. But yeah, yeah, definitely consider that too. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, in terms of private schools, because we haven't really touched on this too much, but kind of what are your opinions on schools like USC, Chapman, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, just some of those, let's say, smaller schools, right? And do you think the trade-off is worth it for you at least? Okay, well, I'm always going to think that the the price of for private schools is way too high. I, yeah. I'm always going to believe that, but you are paying for their premium resources that they have, and that's true. I mean, so my brother goes to Baylor, which is a private school in in Texas, and he has amazing resources there for him as a pre med student. Um, you know, he always has, he can always make one-on-one appointments with whoever he needs to. And if he needs help with the recruitment cycle, I mean, basically what I'm trying to say is that he can, he doesn't ever have to worry about not having enough resources or not, or if he's confused about anything, there is always someone to help him throughout that confusion. And 
Mm-hmm. That, I mean, is it worth it? It depends. It really depends on who you are. Not for me. I Because, I mean, as business students, I feel like just networking with people is something that is in our nature and like, you know, reaching out to recruiters and stuff is it for, I mean, Alexa, you and I, we've yeah. perfected <laughs> in like the past couple of months. And so I don't need to be paying an extra whatever hundred thousand. Oh, okay. That's a bit much. Like I don't need to be paying an extra 20 grand, you know, to get those extra connections where I, I can figure out a way to make those connections myself. But it, uh, then that's for a, from a business perspective, business major perspective. But I don't know about, you know, it, how it works with the other majors. Maybe if you're bio or, or English, I don't know. Or like, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I just coming from the financial background that I do, yeah. I just don't have that kind of money. And also for me, USC, right? We talked a little bit about how important it is to like your college environment. USC is beautiful. The campus is beautiful, but it's in the heart of Compton and Inglewood. It's not a safe area, you know? And like, yes, when we go to Berkeley and we talk about that, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite. But just for me, I don't really enjoy LA that much. And also living kind of around campus and that surrounding area, it's not really safe if you, let's say, have an evening class and you need to leave campus, right? And on top of that, Again, I mean, looking at the tuition, it's to me, it's baffling how much they're charging you. And maybe someone can handle that, but like, also, you're not going to be the one paying the bills. It's going to be your parents, right? Yeah. So it's a huge burden you're placing on them, or it's going to be loans you're gonna, you're going to be taking out. And just from the way I see UCLA and USC, and from what I've heard from professors, their resources are not that different. You know the the culture also is not very different at all between the two campuses. So they're pretty much like sister schools in a way, right? They always play against each other in, uh, you know, any like games on campus games. They have this rivalry growing on, but that's because they're really comparable, not just sports wise, but also academically. So if you were to choose between UCLA and USC, I just think UCLA is a really fair, fair bet either way, unless you're getting amazing scholarship you know scholarships and funding but it's just usually there's almost no way to cover that tuition I know so if it what I going to say like my final verdict for private schools is if if it makes sense for you financially and if you're able to pay for the the tuition of private schools and you're not you wouldn't be struggling with it then then definitely you know take up the opportunity of having those those um premium resources but if it's if you're on the fence financially or you know and you're in the same but where you don't want to accumulate student debt then opt for the public schools because mm-hmm. like just by meeting the right people and being in the right place at the right time and also um kind of just building a community and working hard to build your community at a public school you can reap the same benefits as you would from going to a private school as far as connections go or as far as resources go. Definitely. It's not not something that's, um, it's not a diamond in the rough that they have the resources that they have at at private schools. It's not, you're not missing out on much if you're not going to a private school. But they do have the smaller class sizes 
but it, I don't mm-hmm. think it's worth the extra 30 grand. So it, it's, you know, it's whatever works for your situation in particular. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I just, maybe this is just me being righteous, but I just can't find a way to justify it. Yeah. Because I don't see the resources <laughs> being like premium necessarily. I just, um, I mean, I don't if, know. They, if they, if going to a private school would guarantee me a position at a big four right off the bat, maybe, or you mean that would be very compelling, but they can't. It's yeah. still, you know, it still holds that you have to work hard to, and you have to make something, you have to make the best of your situation again. Like, just because you go to a private school does not mean you're locked into a career. If it were the case, maybe I would consider private schools more, but that's not the case. Like every other student, private school students also have to bust their butts to get into the doors at their preferred universe or preferred careers. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, okay, so we have one more school to talk about, and then after that, I think we should uh, maybe take a break, drink some water, and uh, come back to our own applications. How do you how do you feel about that? I think that sounds perfect. So, okay. Fullerton. Uh, yeah. Wait, is this what we need to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we've talked a little bit about Fullerton. Uh, we haven't Berkeley. talked that much about Berkeley. But we can also mention Fullerton because I think people just don't give it the credit it deserves at all. Yeah. Um, okay, so, if, so yeah. briefly on Fullerton, it's not anybody, it's usually not someone's first choice of school. But if you're dead set on accounting and, and even business, the mm-hmm. recruitment at Fullerton is top notch. They yeah. know what they're doing. They they have always the best recruiters. They have big four recruiters there for in their internship cycle in their recruiting process, and they have great representation from from amazing companies. And it, it's kind of odd because it's a Cal State, and you wouldn't expect that from a Cal State. I would expect that recruitment from uh, maybe a school like Berkeley or a school like UCLA. But the fact that Fullerton offers that it gives it its edge. It it definitely it makes it a more competitive school and so i highly recommend fullerton it should not be a second option it was up there with our options as well like we were considering it highly too definitely i mean i think just from everything i've heard about fullerton the nice thing also is with csus classes transfer a lot more than with ucs right so their threshold for transferable courses is not 60 like it is for ucs it's 70 to 80 depending Mm -hmm. on the csu so you're already getting a lot of your credit transferred which is nice because if you're going for a cpa license or if you're just interested in either an accounting profession right or you're just on that path fullerton is going to put you in just the right place to be able to work for the big four. It's going to pretty much put you into this recruiting machine uh-huh. and you're going to come out of it. If you're if you're communicative, if you have decent communication skills, you're going to be able to land a big four internship in audit or tax, maybe yeah. even advisory. But and if you're looking to consulting, I, you know, dubious, but hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to add that uh, for Fullerton, if you're going to Irvine Valley College, and you are um, savvy in accounting, then you need to uh, lock into the gap plus one cohort. Mm-hmm. 
And so what that is, it's so I, Irvine Valley College and Cal State Florida have this partnership. And if you get into that guaranteed accounting program, that's what GAP stands for, then you will be able to graduate with a bachelor's degree in four years and a master's degree if you take another year um, under CSUF's accounting department. And it's in a highly acclaimed department. And they have, again, like I said, some of the top recruiters from uh, these amazing, uh, very prestigious companies. And they have those available for the graduates. So, you know, if and that's an amazing program that they have for Cal State Fullerton. If you're being, it, it's a guaranteed career. And yeah. that ju- that in itself sounds like a huge weight lifted off your shoulders if, if you're really passionate about accounting. And let's say, let's say that you don't want to be an accountant forever. By you can lock into a career, let's say at Deloitte, for example. If you mm-hmm. get an accounting position at Deloitte, you can not there there's so many different avenues you can take once you're in that company. And and you have that now on your reputation. So all of these take into consideration. And I think for that, Cal State Fullerton is it's an amazing it was surprisingly an amazing option. I didn't re- expect it going into Irvine Valley College. Yeah. I mean I think that's a huge perk is that it has that set pathway right through the master's program. And then after that, just as you said, there's a lot of lateral movement once you get your foot in the door with the company. So I think it's it's not like, oh, by going to Fullerton, I'm like selling my soul to accounting, right? Tax no. or audit. Um, yeah. You can definitely pivot and there are ways for you to do that. Yeah. It's just, it might be, it's just the bulk of the recruiting is going to be for tax and audit in accounting. Yeah. Um But yeah, I mean, I can tell you also just from what I've heard, I know a really outstanding student at Fullerton. You'll probably be easily, you'll find him easily if you look up TEDx Fullerton because he founded TEDx Fullerton Mm -hmm. um, and he created the event and planned for and did everything. He's an amazing student and he, out of high school, was accepted to UCLA, UCI, Columbia University, a lot of different privates like Cornell even. And Mm -hmm. he chose Fullerton. And he said, it's because all of my classes transfer, I'll be able to actually graduate early because I took so many AP level classes, right? And mm-hmm. ultimately, I know that the resources are there to give me a decent launch pad to where I can then, you know, go and grab something onto something else, right? And kind of just monkey bar my way through the company to another position if I don't like what I originally land on. So if you end up having Fullerton as your sole choice, let's say, or maybe it's not your sole choice and you're just trying to look for a really financially sound option that also provides a lot of value. Um, and just, if you don't believe me, go on LinkedIn, go at the top companies you're looking at, right? Look at Deloitte and look at all of the professionals that came there from Fullerton. I guarantee you that number is going to be higher than the UCI kids there. And that's just because it's a machine to get you into those big four. So if that's what you're really set on and you have that set goal, Fullerton is going to get you there. And I think that's really important, you know, just to reassure people. But because I was going to go to Fullerton. I got into Fullerton. It was nice because you find out about the CSUs. You find out the decisions a lot earlier, which is also, you know, a great perk. Um, And so I found out about Fullerton and it felt really good that you just know, okay, Either way, I know I'm transferring and I know I have a solid choice, you know, like I have a solid choice here on my plate now. And so one big thing that I would say, even though that we've been talking about UCs a lot at this point, 
Cal States are equally as important and don't just ignore them thinking, oh, I'm way too competitive. You never know. Each year, the admit admins rates for transfers, they're higher than for freshmen, but they always vary, right? And you can never know. So mm-hmm. always take that extra step. The California, um, Cal State application is like five minutes long. You don't have to write PIQs. There's no essays. There's not even a comment section. It's a little robotic, but mm-hmm. you just put your grades in. That's it. You're out. So do that one step, and now you have guaranteed admission to really solid universities. On top of, you know, Fullerton, I would also say Cal Poly Slow is amazing. It's actually more competitive than Fullerton, and it also is. is great, you know, for those I big four companies. This year, um, mm-hmm. I mean, Cal Poly Slow was very competitive and oh, yeah. very selective, and that goes to show that they're they're moving up in the ranks as far as, um, you know, the, the, what community college students are considering to be great schools. It, and yeah. so I'm, it's really exciting to see that these Cal States are, are becoming more competitive and more, um, I don't know what, maybe, uh, maybe not prestigious just yet, but mm-hmm. they're, it's it's a great it just shows that they have great programs and now people are finally noticing that they've been underdogs for a while and now they're making their comeback yeah exactly and i mean prestige a lot of the time comes from research and these are not research institutions but if you're doing something like accounting why do you care if you go to a research institution right because unless i don't know what you're if you're trying to revolutionize audit or what you're trying to do maybe maybe there's research to be done with an audit i I don't know you know there there is sure but unless you're going in with the mindset of reinventing the wheel for accounting there's really no reason to pass up cal states because you're going to get professors who unlike uc folks and you'll hear this a lot of the time from people who have already transferred they're like, oh my gosh, my professors at the UCs suck in comparison to my, you know, IVC professors because they don't have the time. They're doing research. They're trying to secure tenure so that they can, mm-hmm. you know, teach at their university until they die. Like that's what tenure is, right? So basically, they're tr- busy doing research and only dedicating like a little bit of their time toward actually teaching you. Whereas at Cal State, it's these people in industry who really just want to teach the next generation. And if that's something that's appealing to you, you want to talk and have actual industry professionals who work a day job come and talk to you, and you're going to be able to build many more industry connections, right, through those kinds of professors who are directly working at the big four, for example, or working in consulting, Mm -hmm. than through a professor who maybe worked at consulting, like, years, years ago, and now they've been a researcher for four decades, right? You're not going to get many industry connections from them. So definitely, you know, go into it. Again, as we said, it's we're a lot more cynical as transfer students, right? Because now that like haze of, wow, so prestigious, all of that kind of goes away and you start to really evaluate your choices and always apply to the Cal States. That's the biggest mistake I've seen people make is that they don't do it, and then they're waitlisted for UCSB, UCI, rejected from UC Berkeley, rejected from UCLA, and then they're left with no school to go to. So always apply for for the Cal States. Okay, and then lastly, you know, we got to mention the top dog, uh, UC Berkeley. I mean, as far as UC schools go, 
Berkeley I mean, is the, you can argue <laughs> with UCLA, right? Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I think, um, well, we are very familiar with their Haas program. And I think that's kind of why I am placing it at the top is because their Haas program is just, it's pretty good for business majors. They, they have a great recruitment cycle. They have, I mean, just from looking at the students, the IBC alum that go there, um, they're able to balance their academics, their recruiting, and their leisure time very well. And and they have the semester system, which is so beneficial. And so it's a great school. It is, and it has its flaws too, of course, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but but overall, if you get into Berkeley, you got to You got to take it. Figure if you know it is expensive. So, I think you need to apply for as many grants as you can, as many scholarships as you can, FAFSA, and whatever it takes. You got to make Berkeley work because it its name it means a lot. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about names and prestige, and I think also. Right. We got to, again, like tip the tip that scale. Right. As like I was mentioning earlier. Right. There's a lot of prestige in that name. There's a lot of like Nobel Prize winners, blah, 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 blah. blah. But think about yourself always. Can you succeed in that environment? Right. Yes. Because most people cannot. I mean, yeah. Let's let's knock out the stigmas of Berkeley um, because I when I, I remember when I was in middle school and I heard, overheard, you know, some of the high school students talking about Berkeley, they're like, oh my gosh, like you have to be, you know, politically passionate to go there. You got to stand your ground. If yeah. You're old, uh, extra conservative. You know, you might not have an easy time at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, <laughs> like, that's a very like kind way to say it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, that's a way to like put it. <laughs> And I remember visiting Berkeley too when I when my sister, my older sister visited um when she was in high school. I tagged along and it's a beautiful campus, beautiful place. It it's definitely different. Okay, mm-hmm. go, visiting Berkeley and visiting UCLA were completely different experiences. UCLA, they had like marching bands on campus. There was a sports game coming up and they were all excited about all the students were out and about you know uh mm-hmm. having their club fairs and it, it just looks so lively uh yeah. berkeley is a little different they they do have that liveliness they have community there as well but uh, it's very rigorous their programs are they it's difficult there and so i noticed that the environment was more focused it was more a, a little more serious than ucla was so definitely make sure that you're a good fit for the campus Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you also, again, have to think, okay, what am I going to do with this degree? Right? Where am I trying to go with it? Because exactly. if you're, again, if you're set on accounting, for Berkeley, accounting is more of like a second choice, right? Everyone's trying to go like consulting is kind of the, the yeah. big stereotype, right? Analy- yeah. Analytics. All, yeah. The, um, more lucrative, you could say, careers. So, mm-hmm. um. Make sure that the program that you want to go into uh, at Berkeley, uh, like it matches with your intentions career-wise, 
And because like you're saying, you know, if you're if you're looking to get your CPA and thrive as an accountant, don't opt for Berkeley. There's, yeah. There's no options. reason. Yeah, yeah, it's way too expensive. If that's really what you're focused on, there is no reason, right? And I'll kind of explain later on, like, what kind of led me to my decision, right? That'll be in part two. But um, I think that when it comes to Berkeley, you also have to just consider the financial reasons, consider the people, you know, talk to the alumni. It's not hard to find them. If you're applying for Haas Business School, you can just search up Haas Business School. That's the beauty of business schools. They're very easy to search, right, on LinkedIn. Um, and you're going to find a lot of transfer alumni too. And just ask them, what was the process like? But I think one of the perks of UC Berkeley is they really want to get you employed. Like <laughs> That's the biggest way to put it. So, I love that. That's yeah. like, why, you know, if you receive admissions into Haas, I think for the most part, you should take it because they are, they're pushing you to be employed. They're not, and, and I, that can't be said about UCLA. I feel like that's not the same. Berkeley takes a lot of care into, into their business students. And, and I, I've heard that from um, student transfer students who are currently at Berkeley that they appreciate the resources that Berkeley has as far as getting them employed after college because that is the ultimate undergrad goal for the most part. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as soon as you come into the school, so in the summer they have something called pre-core. So if you're admitted, which uh, I think you have until June 1st to make your decision, Mm -hmm. But I think pre-course starts pretty early, right, like right after. So you kind of, you want to make your decision as early as you can so that you can start like actually setting yourself up for what you're going to do over the summer, right? right? And so the nice thing about UC Berkeley, as opposed to, let's say, I don't know about Santa Barbara, but I know that a lot of schools say if you transfer to them, you are only able to start in the fall. So there's absolutely no classes you can take in the summer. And this kind of screws you over because... When, you, when you're uh, recruiting with a lot of these top-tier firms, they want to see a, a college, like a university GPA on your transcripts. Not your IVC GPA. No, no, no. Your four-year GPA, right? So if you put in like, oh, I had a 4.0 at IVC, they don't care about your IVC GPA. They care about what you did at the school you transferred to. So if you're coming in and the recruitment cycle starts in August, you haven't even finished your fall classes yet. You're just starting them. So you don't have a GPA coming in. You have a 0.00. So mm -hmm. you're pretty much like a community college student at that point because you don't have any sort of like grades. You can't show that you're doing well at this four-year school. And so they might just pass you up and have you wait a year, which is why sometimes a lot of transfer students end up staying an extra year just so that they can actually take advantage of the recruitment cycle, right? And so they end up having their senior year actually be like their junior year recruitment and they end up staying an extra year. But the nice thing about, and this is something you definitely want to explore before you make your decision, is does the school I'm transferring to offer some kind of summer program where I can take summer classes and establish a university GPA so that once I, you know, actually start my fall recruitment, I already have a four-year GPA from that school. So the awesome thing about Berkeley is they have this pre-core program, which is only for transfer students that got into Haas. So mm -hmm. it's a smaller community. You get to know transfer students really well, right? You're seeing them and you're taking two classes with them. 
And yeah. both of them are geared toward like professional development, developing your resume. So they're not really hard classes. They're just there to tell you, here's how, like, here's your game plan for getting a job when recruitment starts. So they're pretty much like preparing you, preparing you. Here's interview prep. Here's resume prep. Here's what you have to do to succeed in that recruitment process. And what it effectively does is it's two, three unit classes that you're taking. So by the end of the summer, you have six units from that university. And unless you like really screw up, if you pay attention to the lectures and you actually want to learn about how to get an internship, you have a 4.0 from Haas Business School upon, you know, completing your summer, which looks great, right, if you're trying to recruit. So it really sets you up for success when it comes to internships. And you really want to make sure that whatever school you're going to, I know that Fullerton, for example, allows you to take summer classes in that summer. So you can also establish a 4.0 GPA at Fullerton and be really attractive for recruiters once fall comes around. So yeah, yeah, that's my little little rant there, but really important to look at. And that, I mean, uh, I know that some of our listeners might not be applying to Haas, but we have a lot of Haas insight. Um, I know that Berkeley has a very amazing CS program there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a rigorous and very competitive program. I know a lot of my friends who are involved in that, but there's a lot of creative avenues you can take and there's a lot of amazing projects you can participate in. And it's really exciting for um, the CS scene that their computer science scene that they have there. Uh, yeah. I, I've heard it's outstanding. Mm-hmm. And also, just to like break it down a little bit more, so the major you're talking about is EECS, right? Electrical right. Engineering and Computer Science. It's one of their most competitive programs, but a lot of students end up either just doing computer science or doing like an alternative major like applied math, Yeah, where you can kind of get a lot of those same resources, right? But you don't have to like stress about a super low admittance rate. So yeah. that's always a good alternative. Um, so overall, you know, Berkeley is a great school, but just like the rest of the schools, um, it is what you make of it. And the, just because you have a UCLA or, or, or even Berkeley on your degree does not indicate where you will be going in the future. You have to meet halfway. You have to work hard to get to where you want after you graduate. And you also have to make sure that you succeed wherever you go. And you can create amazing opportunities for yourself at every school. We have created amazing opportunities for ourselves just at IBC alone. And, and mm-hmm. hopefully that we can continue that wherever we transfer to. And that is what I recommend. Although all these schools that we mentioned, they have their pros and their cons. Ultimately, wherever you end up, it, it just because the, um, you go, let's say you go to Fullerton and someone else goes to Berkeley, that does not mean that there's going to be a disparity between your successes it's all about how you use that degree to your advantage and use those resources you have and and maximize them in the best way possible right and yeah ultimately I think you said it best but just adding on a little bit if you go to Fullerton your chances of succeeding are much higher right so Mm -hmm. think about it that way if it's not, let's say, the most competitive school, at least not for you, right? And just based on how you view yourself. Yeah. Even if there's maybe a little bit less competition, take that to your advantage and make yourself the most standout candidate that there is. You like, will make it, that. you know, let it push you. 
instead of just being like, oh, I, I guess I can relax for a little while. But even if you think you can relax for a little while, then take advantage of the social opportunities, you know, and get to know your classmates. Exactly. So. And, and maybe for the schools that have less prestige to their name, you will and you choose to go to those schools, you, were, you will enter those schools automatically as one of their top students. And exactly. that will give you that will open the door for so many opportunities and you will be at the top of the class already. And that is a huge advantage, especially if you're transferring, you already have that leg up and you don't need to worry about that catch up process or compensating for lost time. So definitely, definitely consider that. I think now is a break because we've been blabbering for so long. <laughs> so we're going to give you guys, a, you know, a chance to, Stop listening to us. Go grab a sip of coffee or whatever, and we'll be back shortly. All right. Sounds good.